Hello, my name is Shanda Cadet. My Etsy shop is One Rich Lifestyle. Hi, I'm Rick from 3D Uniquely Yours. My name's Kirsten and my shop is Glasgow Gallerina. Hi, my name is Jessica Durant and I have an Etsy shop called Jessica Illustration. Hello, I'm Anna of Crochet, Need and Mix. Hi, I'm Tess. And I'm Audrey. And this is the Etsy Success Podcast. We're part of the Seller Content Team here at Etsy, broadcasting from Etsy's headquarters in Brooklyn. The Etsy Success Podcast is your source for tips on improving your shop and for inspiration from your fellow sellers. Our goal is to empower, inspire, and motivate you to be the entrepreneur you want to be. This podcast is powered by Etsy, where millions of people around the world connect to make, sell, and buy unique goods. Follow your passion and start your Etsy business today. So today we're going to be talking about promoting your shop, which is essentially getting the word out that you have some really great things for sale. Yeah, and it's crucial for driving sales. When people hear the word promotion, I think often the first thing they think about is posting new items for sale. And this is a popular type of promotion, but there's so much more you can do with social media. I really love when sellers use social media to get feedback on new products as they're developing them because that really brings the customer into your brand. Yeah, with the likes and the comments right away, it's it's really cool to get that instant feedback from your customers. But you can also get promotion for your shop by pitching your product to blogs and magazines, which is a really cool way to reach a whole new audience who might have never known about you otherwise. Exactly. And the seller that you spoke with for today's episode has a lot of experience with that. Yeah. Shaji Ives runs the shop Baby Jives Co. in Philadelphia. She's been on Etsy since 2009, after she was inspired to make a baby mobile when she was pregnant with her first child. Since she launched her shop, Shaji's nursery decor has been featured by media outlets like The Today Show and Martha Stewart Living. Now she has employees and sells wholesale, plus she has an impressive social media presence with over 70,000 Instagram followers. So thanks for talking to me today, Shaji. Thanks for having me, Tess. So you studied metalworking and painting and sculpture in college. What inspired you to make your mobiles into a business? Pregnancy um, (laughs) and the nesting impulse. When I got pregnant nine years ago, I was doing painting, drawing, and sculpture. And my sculptures were actually made out of fabric and string and yarn. And so when I got pregnant, um, my husband and I started decorating our nursery. And we painted a mural on the wall. We got all the furniture. And then when it came to finishing the room, I wanted to make one final piece, a mobile for our baby. And I had all this fabric, all this yarn. And I went up to my studio, got my sewing machine and I sewed my first mobile, which was the bird mobile, which I actually don't make anymore. But that was the very first sculpture that I made while ironically I was nesting. So (laughs) I was truly nesting. (laughs) When you're pregnant, you get, um, it's it's funny, you've never been so energized and so exhausted at the same time. You know, you're getting ready for this new event in your life and you want everything to be perfect and you're exhausted, but you're also trying to make the most amazing environment for your child. I was literally eight months pregnant sitting on the floor of our nursery, wrapping branches and sewing fabric birds onto these branches. My husband probably thought I was slightly insane, but he didn't tell me that because I was pregnant and might have killed him. (laughs) (laughs) So you have a lot of loyal fans on Instagram. What tips do you have about connecting with your followers? Think of what you're trying to sell and then think of 
you know, there's that whole thing of creating your ultimate customer and doing a customer profile and think about that person. What do they want to learn about you as a brand? You know, what are they interested in? What's not going to interest them? And just by doing that sort of simple exercise, I think you can actually figure out a lot of what you should share on Instagram. I encourage people to share. I don't just send it out and think, oh, I hope they find me on Instagram. I actually send a postcard that goes with every order that says, thanks so much for your purchase. I love seeing where things end up and I hope that you'll share it. Here's where you can find me. My Instagram handle is at baby jives and you can also tag it hashtag baby jives co. And we oftentimes will share it on our own feed. As simple as that, telling people how to find you and giving them a physical reminder so that once they get all set up, they're like, oh, hey, you know what? I'm going to snap a picture and tag them. Etsy makers, the thing that makes us unique and the thing that people love about buying from Etsy is that we're individuals with visions. And a lot of times the products we're making are inspired by our stories. And so sharing those stories and that vision with your customer just lets them in more than just a simple photograph can. You know, if you're selling a headband and you say, here's my headband, buy it, you know, that's not going to engage someone. But if you're selling a headband because your daughter has a smaller head and her headband kept slipping down and they could, you couldn't find the perfect one, so you made it. And now this one has non-slip you know, and is also beautiful and made from the softest silks, that's going to engage someone a lot more than here's my headband, buy it. Think of Instagram as the short magazine that you produce about your brand. All of those little squares are essentially your magazine images. And when you flip through a really beautiful magazine, you want to keep visiting it. You want to see the next issue. If it's really chaotic and has everything or doesn't have good filters or whatnot, you're not going to want to come back to it. And so when you're creating an Instagram account, you really want to curate it. But you also want to make sure that you're giving people information that they are engaging with. And so that's where the caption really comes into play. A lot of times I'll end up making sure that my voice is in that caption. And by that, I mean, I'll try to ask a question or, you know, like when people share pictures of their babies on our milestone blankets, I'll say what I really felt, which is, oh, my God, my heart exploded. Please, somebody talk me down. I want another child right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and people will chime in because you're sharing something that's personal. And so they're responding back to you. What have you learned about working with the press? That they're people just like us. <laughs> <laughs> Working with the press has been great. One thing I've found is that having images for print that are always ready to go, meaning good quality, um, having a lifestyle image as well as a white background image for a magazine is invaluable because I've been featured in Pregnancy and Newborn magazine, I think three or four times now, you know, and I'm sure it's because every time they reached out to me, I think within like 10 minutes, I was like, here's my images. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, here's my information. Yeah. And, you know, they keep reaching out to me, I think, because every time I try to make it easy for them to get press, if you don't have people reaching out to you, you know, do your homework, find out where you, your piece would fit. And also think of what the story is. Finding sites that are a really good fit for you 
and finding out who the actual person is receiving your email, not just doing a blanket email that says, hey, I love what you do. Here's what I do. I, I, I you know, I sometimes get, because we do, we have a blog and I'll get emails from people who want to work with us. And if it's obviously a blanket email where they don't even know what I'm making, I hit delete. Put time and effort into it. And if you really want to be featured somewhere, find out who that person is that would make that happen and court them. Also having a brief bio on hand, people usually want like a little introduction that they can use for you. If you have a brand new thing that you're launching that you think would be of interest to a certain news outlet, writing a really good paragraph of copy about that product launch, that's going to make it a lot easier for, you know, someone who's putting together an editorial to just plop you in there because writers don't always have time to create their own content. They can tweak yours though very easily. When you had your second child, how did that affect the way you approached your business? When I had Elodie, I realized that it was time for me to get a lot more help. I reevaluated my business, and this is actually kind of where I'm at with my business now, where I realized that I wanted my business to grow, and even if I didn't want it, it was growing without me. And I had two children, and I didn't want to give up being a stay-at-home mother to them and being involved in their daily lives the way that I was. And so I essentially started finding those production partners so that I could focus more on designing products and less on producing, you know, a hundred of them. I also realized that my priorities shifted where I started thinking of things in terms of How valuable is my time? For instance, how much time would it take me to redesign this entire brochure? I'm not a graphic designer, so probably a lot of time. How much money would I have to pay somebody who is a graphic designer to do that? Okay, so I could pay someone $200 or I could spend 20 hours. My time is much more valuable (laughs) than $10 an hour. And so that sort of shift really occurred when I had Elodie. It kind of got me to think more of the big picture of not being the individual maker for every item that was coming out of my studio, but rather being the person who is organizing the vision for my business and still designing all the products that come out of my studio. And that that was more important than having my hand in every single thing. You know, one of the first things I gave up very gladly was all of my accounting. (laughs) (laughs) I hated it. And I found someone who is wonderful and gave that up. (laughs) Could you tell me about a moment with your kids that inspired your work? One of our most popular mobiles, which has been through a few iterations now, but is inspired by the same idea, is our showered. It's now it's called the Cascading Heart Cloud Mobile for SEO reasons. But it, when it we first introduced, when I first introduced it, it was called the Showered with Love Cloud Mobile, and it's a white puffy cloud which is raining down a rainbow of little stuffed hearts. I came up with that design when I was pregnant with my daughter and feeling guilty about the fact that I was really focusing on this pregnancy but still had my son, who was about three years old. I just wanted to make him know that he was loved and feel that he was showered with love. 
And so it was less about an actual event and more about an emotion that I wanted to translate into a physical object. So yeah, that heart cloud was inspired by the simple idea that most parents, when you have a child, you want to absolutely shower them with love. That's really sweet. (laughs) I like that a lot. I feel like that's something that you probably feel a lot because of the fact that you're being pulled in all these different directions. So I just wondered how you handle that feeling, if you ever still have it. Every day. (laughs) (laughs) When I start feeling overwhelmed, I put everything I love to do on one side of a piece of paper. And I put everything I hate to do on the other side of a piece of paper. And then I try to figure out how to give everything I hate to other people. I think with my business, that's honestly been one of my big, biggest things that I've used to grow my business is when I start feeling overwhelmed, I put all those things that are overwhelming me on one sheet of paper, and then I start realizing, okay, I need to hire someone for this. I need to stop doing this. I need to start focusing on this, and um, it really helps me kind of get back in balance. Trust me, there's a lot of mom guilt. And on the days when the mom guilt takes over, I honestly, even unless there's something really pressing, I'll get the pressing thing done. And then I'll say, we're off. We're done for the day. Let's go do something fun. And I can do that because I run my own business. And that's kind of the amazing thing about running your own business is you really can set those boundaries and say, you know what? I feel overwhelmed and I'm done for right now. <laughs> yeah. So now it's time for the lightning round where we have asked other sellers to post their questions for you in the forums and the Etsy Success social channels. So let's dive right in. Jamie Spinello wants to know, what are your thoughts on the benefits of a limited selection of inventory versus a more diverse selection as far as what works better for your business? For me, a curated selection works much better than pages and pages of things people have to pick through. One of the things that we recently did was our most popular mobile is a cloud with stars and we offer it also with a moon. And recently we made it so that instead of having a separate listing for a cloud with stars and a moon, that in the same listing you could drop down and select adding a moon. And the uptick on people purchasing the more expensive cloud with stars with the moon has been huge. I think it's because they don't have to sort through pages to find that other option. It's all right there. So sometimes you can actually just create a more curated collection by looking at what you offer and making it those variation options on Etsy. Apagayo wants to know, what pro tips do you have for small companies venturing into wholesale? How did you identify and approach your first few wholesale accounts? My first wholesale accounts kind of approached me, but now we're doing more active seeking of wholesale. And one thing I would say is make sure that you have line sheets. You don't just say, hey, go check out my collection. Make sure you have clear terms, your minimum purchases needed, your policies on shipping, both domestic and international. For reaching out to companies you want to work with for wholesale, It's the same thing as press, honestly. Do your research. Find out why you'd be a really good fit for that shop, why they might not have someone like you, but your customers would be their kind of customers, why you would be a good addition 
to their selection. Yeah. Nikki Littman from Nikki's Mandalas wants to know, how do you take your shop to the next level without becoming flustered? I think it's in delegation, honestly. And I think planning, really sitting down and mapping out the vision for where you want your company to go and identifying what you can do and what you need help with. And finding um, a small business association, if you want to grow bigger, I actually this summer took a course with the Wharton College of Business, which is part of the Pennsylvania Small Business Association. And that was hugely helpful for helping me develop a business plan and actionable steps to where I want to get. Because the more you have planned, things are always going to go wrong and you're always going to be like, oh, I did not expect that. Huh. (laughs) But the more you have it planned out, the more you can then look at your whole map and think, okay, that happened, so where do we go now? And you can kind of see the next step instead of just feeling like you're drowning. Totally. I mean, you're always gonna feel flustered when you're growing something. It's always (laughs) gonna feel overwhelming, but that's the thing. Every, I feel like every quote about success basically says, if you're not scared, you're not doing enough. Thank you so much for talking with me today, Zhaji. Thank you so much for having me, Tess. This was so much fun. Before we go, we'd like to leave you with Shop Talk. For each episode, we'll post in the forums and on the Etsy Success social channels, asking a new question for you to answer by calling in or emailing us a voice memo. For this episode, we asked you to tell us about what inspired you to open your Etsy shop. Here were a few of our favorites. This is Ricky Fitzpatrick of Apple Valley Farm. I just wanted to let you guys know that I was inspired to open my Etsy shop when I had an unexpected heart attack on the way home from our family vacation. It was just such an unexpected thing. I was in corporate sales. I was very successful and doing well, but it was very high stress. So in light of all that, we chucked my whole career, and I went back to what me and my mother had done when I was growing up, which was woodworking and hand painting and uh, that's what we're doing now and it's a full-time job for us and we love it hi this is sarah joy bennett of little fox's designs uh, i started out as an actor going to a lot of really awful auditions and working at a lot of really awful bars and uh, the big change in my life happened when i finally got this role in a disney tv movie i went in for my costume fitting and I was wearing several pieces of jewelry that I'd made myself just for fun. And the movie's costume designer liked my stuff so much, she commissioned me to make six pieces for different characters to wear in the film. And I was incredibly thrilled, and I started thinking. Acting had been getting me down and often making me really miserable for years. And while it was great to be finally in a film, I was getting older, and... I had come to the realization that what I really, really wanted was creative control in my own artistic endeavor without the heartbreak and the ego chewing of the casting calls. And so starting my own creative business has been immensely liberating for me. Hi, I'm Sherry Harris from Happy Hummer Art and Gifts. I was inspired to open my Etsy shop when I began creating art after a 30-year hiatus. I worked for the federal government during those years and retired early because of health issues. When I retired, I was depressed and felt I no longer had anything to offer the world. 
but painting a courtyard wall at my home in Arizona renewed my spirit and I began to embrace art again. I was creating so much art, I decided to give selling on Etsy a try. Now I feel so fulfilled knowing that my art's brought so much joy to others. Etsy has brought meaning to my life again. Be sure to keep an eye on the forums and the Etsy Success social channels for ways to participate in a future podcast. That's it for this episode. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate us and leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. And remember to subscribe so you'll be the first to know about new podcast episodes.